Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then, you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com backslash Grace P. That's BetterHelp.com slash Grace P. So hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of 20 something. Uh, I have another guest on for us today. I have Jason Starr. Jason was referred to me by Kara. If you guys listened to that last episode, Um, Jason is also an author um, of novels. So crime novels, psychological thrillers, I looked and then comics as well for Marvel, correct? Yes, yes. Some for Marvel, some for dc boom uh awa so i've been doing a lot of comics okay very cool and then you also just started an mfa program yeah um well it's an existing mfa program uh okay. st francis college in brooklyn and it's a um uh it's a low residency program so students have intensives in the summer and winter for about 10 to 14 days, um, usually about 10 days. And then uh, during the rest of the semester, it's working one-on-one with mentors. So I'll mentor uh, students uh, from a distance. So you don't have to be in the New York uh, area uh, full-time. You just have to be in New York um, in the winter and summer. And it's a a two-year program. And I just started a uh, MFA track for comics, which is we we think it's the first uh, dedicated comics MFA program in the country. Um, there's some some programs have um, a court like a, a lecture a lecture in comics will come or there'll be a course, but we could you could actually get a degree in in comic book writing and uh, have an MFA. Um, Very after, cool. After yours, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. What made you decide to? go down that road um in in comics in particular um sort of you know i mean we're going to talk a little bit about like the uh different routes you could yeah. take get where you <laughs> want to go <laughs> in right. um in in writing in particular um I, I often tell my students that there's really no particular path like no no two writers i've ever met have had the same path for how they've gone there um some crime writers I know like went to Harvard um some didn't even go to college yeah Um, so at some point you're basically just judged on the quality of your writing um where where you where you go to school I think helps you 
um, maybe initially, and um, certainly helps in a lot of other fields. Um, in writing, I think like, for example, if you're studying screenwriting and you went to NYU or U U USC, you'd probably have some really good contacts coming out of the program. But eventually, I think it all evens out. It's always going to be um, based on the quality of your writing and um, how commercial your writing is. So I don't think it really uh, that sort of background um, uh, necessarily uh, helps. But so for my for myself, um, I didn't really get into comics. Um, I mean, as a kid, I read comics, but I was not reading comics as an adult. Um, I was I was focused on writing novels and and that. But then I wrote an introduction uh, to a graphic novel that uh, Vertigo, which is part of DC Comics, was doing um, because the editor had read my novels and just wanted me to write like an introduction. So because of that, like I got to know some of the editors and uh, uh, over time just managed. They, they wanted me to pitch an idea for Vertigo. So I did that. And then uh, I wound up doing like a Batman comic, uh, just uh, working on a Batman uh, comic for DC and then started doing stuff for Marvel. So there's no set path. There wasn't like yeah. I thought I uh, responded to an ad like we want a comic book writer. Like right. so and, and every writer I know like has that sort of uh, path. They either met somebody, it's based on their writing. Maybe they did some online comics, but mm -hmm. uh, everyone just has to make their own their own path. And yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, very cool. So to kind of backtrack then, I'm I'm super curious to learn like how you got started in writing. You mentioned um, your education can help. Some people go to school, some people don't. Did you go to school? What was that path like for you? Um, well, my parents were very surprised that I wanted uh, to write. Uh, I think my dad was grooming me to uh, work on Wall Street. Yeah. <laughs> And I and actually I went to Binghamton um, in New York and uh, to get in I said I was going to study uh, economics because I just had done well in math classes, but I was not a big reader uh, growing up. I would just read sports books and uh, the backs of baseball cards, but that was that was pretty much my reading, um, except for books that were assigned to me. Um, I guess I had a, I always had an active imagination, but I, I was kind of turned off to having. Uh, book reading a book seemed like work to me because like it was always something assigned in school when you're mm -hmm. reading these uh, um, traditional classic novels but when I was able to explore on my own like a lot of um, types of writing that I had never been exposed to like mystery writing sci-fi crime fiction um, I got a lot more into it so it wasn't really until college that um, I started taking creative writing classes and I wrote plays initially because I had a lot of dialogue in my stories yes yeah. so uh I had a couple of after college I had a few plays produced off off Broadway I was always just getting involved with small theater companies and I thought that's what I was going to do um but then I was just reading a lot of mystery crime fiction and then uh eventually just got my first novel uh published and uh basically started doing that full-time for a long time and then uh only got into teaching several years ago okay yeah. so with like your first novel yep. and getting that published what was that like for you in terms of did you have another job to provide an yeah. income like how did you how did you build it up to be something where it could be like this is what I do full-time 
Yeah, I skipped over a big chunk there. <laughs> the 20 somethings, which is the focus of the show. So yeah. <laughs> to focus on that. Um I had a lot of survival jobs, what I used to call them. Um I worked uh a lot a lot of sales jobs. Um telemarketing was pretty big. Uh which is probably in some ways like the worst possible job, like just calling strangers on the phone. I mean, it's just yeah. grueling. But if you were good at it and you could get like a couple of sales, like there's one place I worked at, like if you got three sales, um, you're allowed to leave for the day. So like, this is great. Like, so like I would have my best prospects ready for one, for the day. And like, my goal was always to like work for an hour if I could. And then yeah. like released. Um, so I would work like three, four jobs, ideally that would only take like a few hours a day. So then I could write um, the rest of the time. Um, I'm not sure if it was the best uh, career plan, <laughs> career <laughs> plan. It somehow worked out for me, but I was also like, I was, I wanted to travel a lot when I was in my twenties. So um, I would save up as much as I could. I'd be writing. Um, then I would go somewhere for a few months, come back, like make more money, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was just, that's what I was basically doing. And then, um, yeah, I mean, my, my, my first book probably didn't sell. Like I wrote some, uh, something that didn't, um, wasn't really that good. Uh, and then, uh, kept at it and, um, <clears throat> finally broke through with a, uh, a publisher in England first, which is not like the traditional way. Uh, again, like talking about paths, like, yeah. The, the the traditional way to get a book published is to get a literary agent um the agent sells your book in the united states and then um ideally you might get uh some foreign deals and then a movie deal and you know mm -hmm. it's like the normal way to do it um i sent my book to because it was very hard to get through to agents which still is um but i uh send a book directly to a, a uk publisher and they they wound up responding to it and then the book wound up selling um in 10 different languages and there was a, a movie deal at the time uh, it, it didn't get made but it was the producer of fight club uh oh, cool. um yeah i had optioned it and yeah so then it suddenly became like a viable way to like make a make a living but um for writing i mean i think the thing is and it's a lot different from other uh jobs is you have to be a self-starter mm -hmm. um you're you know no one's uh demanding you start work at 9 uh 10 a.m you have to have do it yourself you have to mm -hmm. be a self-starter um so if you really if you feel like you're this type of person who needs like a lot of um structure um needs you know to be productive um you really have to create that structure uh for yourself and be able to stick to it it's sort of like going to the gym, like you don't see, you know, you have to stick to it. You don't see progress right away, but then you stick to it and the work gets done over time. But it's definitely a, uh, I guess, an entrepreneurial sort of mindset where like you're your own boss and uh, which is a lot different than a lot of um, jobs where you come out of college and there's sort of like some defined career track you could get on. Uh you really have to be the type of person who's just open to like making your own path, you know, to do, you know, to be right. And just really embrace the challenge of that. Um, otherwise it's something um, that you probably won't stick with if you can't do that. Cause you have to really have that sort of um, 
discipline. But uh, working as a telemarketer for me, those survival jobs, uh, turned out to be really effective um, when I was actually started to send out my work because another thing that could turn you off when you're just starting out is like all the rejection you get as a as a writer um but as a telemarketer you're getting hung up on you're like I was totally used to rejection like it didn't <laughs> so so if I got if I approached like you know a hundred I just kept telling myself like it's just a matter of getting one yes you know you just keep you just keep trying and it's you know it's like making the phone calls um so even to this day like if someone um rejects my work I never take it personally um i've edited i've done some editing myself and i know there's never you can never really figure out the reason why someone says no uh it could be because they're doing another book that's similar or they're doing something um they don't you know they could, an edit maybe the editor isn't allowed to uh, acquire many books you know they, they only have uh, a limit for how many books so there's so many reasons why um, someone could say no. So you just have to uh, stay positive, um, not be phased by rejection. And uh, yeah, so that's what I think that's how you generate a career as a writer. Yeah. So when you mentioned like, you kind of have to be willing to go off and create your own path. Did you always know that you were going to do that? Or when did you figure out in college that you weren't going to do that because you said you went in with economics. Yeah, economics. Um, I guess I I really just um, enjoy being creative. And um, I always say that like writing is like part um, a job. It's part like therapy because you're working out stuff on on the page. Um, and, and I kind of liked um, not having a boss and like being in, in yeah. control. Like I, guess, I guess, you know, um, may I work well with other people, but like it's not my favorite thing to have like that uh, authority figure, you mm -hmm. know, t telling me what to do. Um, I like to um, be more in control of, of stuff like that. I think there's some advantages definitely to, uh, you know, working in a more structured um, environment, but I think especially at that age, it really um, excited me more to be uh, doing it myself and just like generating my own, um, uh, creating my own path mm -hmm. was just more interesting. Yeah. Uh, um, it always felt, um, you know, the thought of just having like an, uh, a nine to five job that I wasn't um, in, in a field that I wasn't passionate about um, just to make uh, money, um, felt extremely oppressive to me and uh was something that like a really like strong discomfort like I really didn't want to spend my life uh doing that so um I think if you find something that you really enjoy doing though that has that sort of structure it's great um I just I didn't I guess I didn't find that thing maybe because I just chose like really bad jobs like, like <laughs> telemarketing and uh right. some, some other stuff I did yeah maybe if I, I chose something more fun it would be it would I would have made a different decision right yeah for sure I I've always had that mindset too like I I knew from the moment I started college that I was not going to work a nine to five I knew that that wasn't going to be the structure for me and mm -hmm. luckily 
when I was in school, it was becoming more of a, a thing that people talked about where you didn't necessarily have to do what your degree was or you didn't have to go be a doctor or something right. like that. Um, but I feel like for a lot of people, they don't really know how to take what they love to do and turn it into a career and get that mindset. So was there like something, something that like you, I guess something that like you had like a belief instilled in you or a mindset shift where it was like, okay, if I work on this while I'm making an income, eventually I know I'll be able to do it full time. Or like, how did that happen for you? Um, I really, like I said, I was interested in, in theater first. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just really like creating characters. I was, I felt like I was strong at dialogue. Um, the first time, like I just saw like college productions of some of, some of my uh, plays, it was just really, it still is like a surreal sort of experience. Like when you hear your like actors are reading your, your words, it just seems like very surreal at first. Um, yeah, I just, I just thought it was, very um it would be like very exciting like I don't know if I really thought practically like how I was gonna um make a living I just assumed I would yeah <laughs> <laughs> somehow or, or I guess I would have stopped uh doing it or become an editor full-time or mm-hmm. um, an agent like I always thought like I'd be you know because I'm had some sales background and yeah. I'm into like film and uh books yeah I think I could have been like a a good agent um so I I think I would have done something like that so I think what you love to do doesn't have to be the exact thing like if you love music and that's what you want to do I mean there are other peripheral jobs like in the music industry that you wind up doing and you could still have a band and and you know still do what you love as more of a hobby um yeah I think if you're not doing a if you don't have a career that you really love, I do think it's very, just for happiness, like having a, a hobby mm-hmm. that you love or something else that you're passionate about, a side gig, I guess, right? Like do like something else that you could, um, that sort of satisfies that need. Because I think, I mean, I guess there's always two choices, right? Like following your, your passion and like what you love to do. And then there's like the practical side of like having a career and, uh you know retirement accounts and and all that um I never prioritized for whatever reason like the practical (laughs) stuff like I just wanted to um have cool experiences like yeah like I lived with a family in Mexico for several months when I was in my 20s um traveled to like my roommate from college moved to Greece so like I was on Crete for a while you know I was just doing like uh I think I thought I was just gaining experiences and would uh, use them later, but I don't know if that's true. Like, I don't, I don't think I've ever, like, I don't think I was inspired creatively from doing that, but I just felt like, um, um, yeah, I just wanted to um, have experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Like if if you have the chance, why not take it? Why not go see what else is out there? That's, that's really cool. I hope to be able to do that. Well, I'm still in my 20s. I got time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have time. Yeah, um, I mean, living with the family was cool. It was like, um, I don't remember how, 
I, I found out about this program, but it was through, um, I think it was like, it was mainly um, college students or, or recent grads from like, uh, mainly like California schools, but there was this program in Guadalajara and you would um, study Spanish and live with a family. And it was a lot of hanging out with like other, uh, with all the, you know, it was fun. It was basically yeah. just fun. It was like on weekends, everybody went to like, um beach towns and stuff like that so it was definitely uh fun but it was also like a unique um experience so something like that i would definitely recommend yeah that's awesome like learning a about a different culture and 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 acquiring a skill while you do it because like if you're learning spanish you come back and then you have like another skill like i, I mean i don't think i'm not a all of this, I'm not saying like, you know, waste your time and <laughs> just right. like, like have fun i think there always should be some like thinking of like okay i'm going to increase my skills by doing this um i'll come back um or maybe i'm you know maybe someone does want to, you know if you did want to write a book set in a different country you go explore it first but yeah yeah i like that mindset of like you know go experience it but maybe combine that with learning something or getting better at something feel like there's a lot of pressure on both sides for people right. in their 20s where it's like no you need to be focused on finances you need to be focused on career and then the other side right. is, no go experience this and we're stuck in the middle like what are we supposed to be doing right now right 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 exactly <laughs> so that's yeah that's very cool I always like I have a little sister she's a sophomore in college and I'm like study abroad find the opportunity to go study abroad take a summer semester winter semester and just go do it because if I went back I would do that I would do that for sure yeah I mean, if you have the opportunity to do it mm -hmm. um, so you touched on it a little bit I'm not super familiar with the process in terms of publishing a book but you touched like you touched a little bit on your first one but I'm I know like my listeners would be really interested to hear like how did you get your first book published like what was that like for you what is the process to get it out there and have have it be sold and people can buy it um yeah so like I was saying like I, I was getting a lot of well first first off um it's like having a book that you're confident like confident enough to start showing other people um mm -hmm. so yeah so it's I mean first it's obviously the process of writing and learning how to uh, write a good book which usually just comes from reading a lot and um developing a voice and uh and yeah and a certain confidence in, in the writing but once you uh start showing it to some friends uh maybe people connected to the the book world and you're getting like some positive feedback and you did some work on it i'm not a fan of like only working on one book for like 10 years like i think you should work on something finish it go on to the next thing like i'm always in in favor of that sort of mindset mm -hmm. definitely it's a trap to like um um i mean i know a lot of people who have like you know worked on one book for um a long time which uh you know i, th I think it's just more valuable ideally to like finish a book and get into the mindset of working on another because that's what you're gonna have to do if you have an actual career as a writer like yeah. it's always like the next one so you don't want to like overwork a book but once you have a book that you're you're confident in um 
and what I did is I started um, querying um, agents uh, initially. Uh, definitely got a lot of um, rejections, including from an agent who wound up uh, representing me later. So that <laughs> that just shows you how like never take a rejection seriously because yeah. like they can uh, come back. Um, I also actually just to sidetrack, I also. Uh, was uh one of my survival jobs was at St. Martin's Press, uh a publishing company. And I um was actually that was like the only job I've ever been fired from because because oh, <laughs> I was always uh there's so many books around. I was like in this office with like books and I was I had this ridiculous job where I had to like paginate I had like a stamp. It's like something very Kafkaesque. Like there was a stamp and like a pad and like I had to paginate the pages. Like it was just like <laughs> <laughs> it was like the dumbest thing um and so it was just very boring and all these books were there so it was, I was just whenever my boss came in like I was reading so like I was fired for reading but they wound up publishing me like years later like that's awesome <laughs> so yeah never take those rejections uh very seriously so yes yeah, so I was getting a lot of rejections um like I was saying, just you know, I sent it to a uh, a UK publisher. So yes, yeah, so the um, well, traditionally, let's say I got it published in the US first, um, just to get through the process. Mm -hmm. um, I would uh, the manuscript would be accepted. Um, there would be um, uh, usually some general edits from the editor. We'll just go through the book, uh, make some suggestions. I mean, they liked it enough to. Uh, give me a book deal for it so uh, it wasn't like major it's never usually major edits at that point mm -hmm. um, but you do those edits and then there's like a round of copy editing just to get it really uh, solid um, usually uh, this is why some a lot of people um, get frustrated with traditional publish publishing and self-publish it, it usually takes about at least a year sometimes a year and a half, two years to go from like finishing it to, uh, you know, hitting bookstores, gotcha. whereas if you just self-publish, like it could be out like in, you know, next week. Um, so there's that gap of time that like some writers aren't crazy about because it's, you know, potential time that you could be selling a book. But so there is like a, a lead time before it comes out. Um, during that time there, uh, um, the editor is pitching the book internally to their marketing staff to uh, figure out how they're going to position the book. Um, is it uh, usually the books that got that they paid the most for, like uh, like a Stephen King book, uh, will get the most attention and then it'll go down the line. Mm -hmm. So as a writer, you're always hoping you get the most uh, marketing money and, and attention from your publisher. Um, so assuming you could... Uh, so you want to be in the best position there. Um, the editors having pitch meetings with uh, their marketing people, and then the marketing people are going to bookstores and they try to get orders for the book. And um, depending how many orders they get, that determines what the print run is. So uh, they might print a few thousand copies. They might print 50,000, depending on how many um, orders come in. Uh, and then ideally you would promote it and, uh, the book comes out and you, uh, a lot of cases, um, publishers don't do much promotion and you have to do a lot online and podcasts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
<laughs> but there's also uh my my books are published in other languages and like in in german for example like i've gone on extensive like three week long uh book tours around germany um italy the same and france um so i've definitely got some cool trips out of being a writer um but in the u.s uh touring isn't as big as it is in uh europe you know so gen you might go to like several cities or just do stuff locally i'm in new york so i'll do stuff here um and then you just hope the book takes off yeah you get it and your know, movie tv deals etc okay so you start out and you just reach out to agents so it's kind of like cold reaching out and they go to the publisher for you yeah i mean ideally you want to get an agent um okay i mean you don't have to because there's ways to um um like we're self-publishing but uh or 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 public or approaching publishers directly um someone should be negotiating the contract for you so if you did have a publisher who wants to do it you should have some entertainment lawyer mm -hmm. looking over for you um the contract before you sign anything yeah um, but the ideally you have an agent and ideally um you build a relationship with that agent where the agent is really your teammate and um and will strategize with you about what book you should write next um uh and what your career is going to look like mm -hmm. so yeah so like i was saying before like being a writer is very um you know, you're making your own path and it could be uh require you to create that structure but you could get a team around you uh, with like an an, an agent, editor, uh, a publicist you're working with. So it's not like you're totally isolated. You could, ideally, you still have like a team of people you're uh, working with and then your editor might have a deadline for you for your next book. So there's some structure, like a deadline always, pro you know, provides some structure. So yeah. um, it's just like you have to create those things your, yourself rather yeah. than... And and you choose who your agent is going to be ultimately, and um, yeah, and hopefully it's someone you have a good relationship with and you could work with together. And... Right. So you typically will keep the same agent. Um. Ideally, I mean, uh, you know, people move on, uh, okay. pass away. I had one agent passed away. Like so, oh, no. so, it's, so it's like um. So you, uh, yeah. Ideally, I mean. I know some writers though have had the same agent and editor for like 20, 25 years. So like, yeah. Very cool. So. <laughs> okay. So then from the time that you published your first novel to now you've done all yeah. these things, you've won awards for your novels, you write for DC, Marvel. How did, how did you go from first novel published to, I write comics for Marvel and DC, you know, these big names. Um, basically by, uh, like I was saying before, like that editor had uh, been a fan of my novels and just wanted me to write an introduction. And that's how I got into okay. uh, working in comics. Um, I mean, I, I like comics growing up. So like, uh, and I just thought it was, it was, not only just cool to write like that i've done batman i've done for marvel i've done wolverine um uh the punisher 
Ant-Man. I wrote an Ant-Man novel that was based when the movie came out, like I wrote an Ant-Man novel that ties into it. Um, for uh, DC, um, I did um, novels based on the TV show Gotham. So they're tied into this show. So um, I always find that a, a challenge, like working with other characters that aren't mine. It's a different mindset. Right. Um, when I'm writing a novel or some of my original graphic novels that I've written, are just totally my stories and my characters. Mm -hmm. um, but if I'm going in to like a, approaching like a character like Wolverine, there's like a, a rich history of uh, the character, a fan, built in fan base. Uh, so it's a different set of challenges to create something that has to fit into a universe that already um, exists rather than yeah. creating from, from scratch. So I think what it, so I think what excites me most about that is just the challenge of um, always doing something uh, slightly different. There are some writers who just have one character um, that they just take from book to book, and that's that. But I've always done um, I maybe just to keep myself interested. Um, but I create most of my books are standalones, like different, like the characters in every book. Um, mm -hmm. A few times I've had a series that have gone on for a few books, but um, in general, I've always done that because um, I, I just found it like limiting to just have like one one character and I always want to do something different. So it's embracing those challenges. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, just writing comics was just something that I just thought was um, a challenge because I hadn't done it before. So mm -hmm. I'm a fan of just saying yes. Like if you yeah. if someone offers you a new, and this is like really, this is probably like my best advice I could give because um, there are a lot of situations I've heard about like where somebody does get like an opportunity to do something like uh, maybe you're writing novels and someone says, hey, do you want to adapt it for film? And like, I've, I've seriously heard like, know some writers who've said no no I'm too busy I'm like work after finish my you know my next book I don't have time to do that um I think that's a mistake because you always have to um uh you know create new opportunities potential opportunities down the line but for me like I'm just always open to new, doing new things so even though I hadn't written comics at that time um I'll just write comics, you know, like I'll just, you know, it's, you just sort of immerse yourself in it and you could, I mean, if you were hired to write a comic and it was starting next week, I'm sure you would immediately research like how to format a comic book script and like, you know, yeah. so you, you so having an opportunity, like sometimes just forces yourself to learn something mm -hmm. new. So, so I'm a fan of just saying yes, like saying no to things um, rarely, helps you maybe it does I mean maybe you could say no to an opportunity that might have just been a waste of time it didn't go anywhere but there have been so many times like where I've just said yes and done something and maybe that project didn't go somewhere but I met somebody working on it and then we did something else like down the line so it's right. like always building those connections and relationships and um, saying no and just shutting the door to that is um usually a mistake like so i would i would just say like always say yes and like be open to like new um new anything that comes your comes your way because otherwise you you also might reach a point where 
the path you're on fizzles and you and you don't and you need some other stuff coming your way so like it's always good to have that plan a plan b plan c like lurking out there yeah absolutely um do you still do some comic writing or yeah 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 definitely i had um two that came out recently uh red border which is a thriller that takes place like on the on the border and um casual fling which was sort of like a uh um a psychological uh thriller okay like, yeah and that's actually in development for tv so we'll see what oh, happens oh really very cool that was going to be um something else i was going to ask you if you've had any of your work um being developed for tv or film yeah yeah and i'm on a lot of maybe like five or six uh, projects right now um this casual fling um the follower uh which actually is a book where everyone's in their 20s um set in 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 new york um it's sort of like a i don't know if you ever saw the movie like the old movie uh, saint almost fire but it's sort of like a um saint almost fire with a thriller element so it's like this group of young people in new york um and but there's a big like uh thriller element in it um but it takes place like right now and that's i can't mention the name but it's at a one of the big streaming uh uh, uh platforms um very cool and, and uh yeah so there's a casual fling um and then like a few of, yeah a couple of other my other books are in various stages of development that's awesome when do you have like dates on when any of those will be out or is it still early stages um, ho hopefully soon i mean the yeah. ones i mentioned are very far along so awesome so with like writing for like marvel and dc you said that the editor was interested in your work is that something that they just stumbled upon or was that something that like was put out there so that you could build different connections or i guess like how did they find your work um yeah i mean it's sometimes it's just people yeah in those cases it was just because they had read my books yeah and, um, found out about it that way but um yeah I mean there's a lot of uh you know uh promotion like I'm on social media um mm -hmm. um maybe word of mouth um having won some awards uh yeah I mean over time I think it's a combination of just people you know ideally like a uh i mean there was one case where um the writer uh, uh ted griffin uh who wrote um oceans 11 um had just like read my book uh panic attack and um he, then he ended up optioning it and david fincher was attached like so like it was so it was not something i generated by like any I sent it to him or an agent sent it to him. Yeah. Um, but there are situations like where an agent gets it to somebody in particular and right. that leads to a deal. So it's some it's a combination of the agent doing work for you, something just coming out of the universe. Yeah. <laughs> which I think comes from saying yes to a lot of different things and being open and making connections. Um and uh and stuff that I just generate on my own like through uh social media going going to a lot of um writers conferences meeting people um so i think it's like those three things like it, and you and you know this is why i was saying opening up that like you don't you can't really create your own path for this because 
any one of those things could lead to something that could be an opening and but but the main thing is that you just have to be doing the work and um being motivated to actually do work it's not just like hey i just want to get some big deals you know yeah. like <laughs> yeah. you have to do so I, I always try to um i mean this is a, definitely a big thing for me like focusing always on what i or trying to focus on what i can control and the only thing i really control is like writing the book like i don't um control anything that really happens after that yeah yeah, uh, my mom says that all the time to me. Control what you can control, because I can definitely be a control freak sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you really because the stuff that's out of your control is always just going to be out of your control anyway. Yeah, I mean, with writing, it's pretty. With everything, I think it's more trying to figure out like what you do control and don't control. But with writing, it's um, I, yeah, I'm when I'm writing a book, I'm in total control like I'm pretty secretive like I don't tell anybody what I'm working on mm -hmm. I can um but I just am totally focused on um just the book um it, it just exists in my head and like on the page so then when I show it to a couple of readers I gradually lose a little bit of control and then agent editor more control mm -hmm. and then when it's published like I and there's reviews start coming in it's completely out of my control so like I so I really always just try to focus on the only thing I could really control in that whole process was just the writing of the book um anything that happens after that is you know hopefully it's going to be good but you know now right right <laughs> like you did you did what you knew you could do and now the rest That's is it. up to somebody else yeah <laughs> I like that I like that mindset a lot Looking at like, if somebody like my age or in college really wants to be a writer, what, what kind of guidance would you give them? Like if they're in school, would you tell them major in English or would you tell them major in this? Or what do you think would be helpful for them to, you know, be able oh. to build that skill set? Oh, that's a, I think the main value of, um, I mean, I teach in a creative writing program, so yeah. Uh, I would even say this about our program. I think I think the main value is to um, that that it gets you in the habit of um, writing um, consistently and delivering it. Because, like, if you had to write uh, a certain amount for the class, um, if there are certain deadlines in the class, that sort of simulates what it would be like. Um, uh to be a writer um i think ultimately though you really have to do that on your own mm -hmm. so i don't think you necessarily um uh so i think you know being a creative writing major is great for that you know for yeah. that sort of discipline um i mean another route to go is to uh you know uh you could major really in anything and if you if you felt like you just naturally have that discipline uh, to write, and you're going to write anyway, then that's then that's great. Um, I do think so. I don't think like someone could like teach you how to write. Yeah. The only thing that's going to really make you a a good writer is actually doing it, and you know, uh, finding your voice, but also just reading a lot. Like, there's really no way to get around. Uh, so like. 
I didn't read an incredible amount growing up, but like in, in college and beyond that, like I really read a lot, like when I was, when I was becoming, mm-hmm. um, when I was working on my first book. So you really have to love reading. I don't, I don't see how it's possible to be a writer if you don't like, like enjoy reading, but yeah. it doesn't have so many different forms of writing that like, it could be like, if you want to write for TV, just like you'd really I would hope you're like really passionate about like seeing every you know new show that's out and like you know in that genre in the genre you want to write in yeah uh you know in order and not only just to know what's out there but just to keep you in the mindset of um create you know of of what of staying immersed in the world that you want to uh create yeah 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 like i think when you're one one popular question I always get and I think all writers get is like where do you get your ideas yeah <laughs> and I, and I think the simple answer is and I and I think if you're not a writer and you haven't really wanted wanted to be a writer it seems like this abstract thing like it's difficult like you really have to focus like on coming up with ideas but I think if you are actually a writer and you're you love seeing movies and you love watching TV shows and reading and reading comic books and even playing video games that have good writing in them. Um, you, you get into a mindset of, of thinking of ideas all the time. Yeah. Um, like if you're a doctor, you're thinking about um, patients and treatments all the time. So you're in that mindset. So it's just like, if you're in the mindset of, so I'm constantly, um, something happens during the day oh you know you know i'll say to a friend of mine oh you know it would be a great idea if blah 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 blah, blah, blah. you know so it's, it's some some constantly asking myself like what if or this happened that ha-? like i'm always thinking of um story ideas i think it's more of a challenge to for me to to think of the right idea because i don't want to be working on like a book for six you know six months a year and it's not going anywhere right um, so it's for me it's like just trying to figure out like what i actually want to write about what do i want to spend my what's interesting to me that's going to excite me um to write about that's also going to be commercial uh i think that's the the key so it's just like entertaining myself like in the current book i just finished and i'm editing now like i really just wrote it to like entertain myself like at, at this point like and now I'm getting to the point where I'm going to send it out. So like, I'm hoping that uh, other people <laughs> will be entertained by it. Yeah. You know, usually having done this many times now, like usually I feel like if if I'm entertained and I found it uh, engaging enough to spend like over a year on, then there should be something engaging about it to other people, hopefully, that it would transfer yeah. So if I was thinking about some on something that I was sort of lukewarm on, I don't really like this, da da da. I think it's really unlikely that other people are gonna like it. So like it, but if if you like it, that's definitely the first step. Like, you know, um I, I imagine it's the same thing for music also. Like if you think you created like a really fun song and you liked it, like hopefully other people are gonna feel that way. You know, mm-hmm. and I think the more you do it, the more you really have a sense of what's good and what isn't like you become like good at, at judging it but that only comes like over time and doing it again and again yeah yeah absolutely we I talk a lot about that with my 
with my little sister and with my parents about like um non-negotiables in your day and practicing and implementing the things that are important to you she actually wants to be a writer she wants to be an author and um that's something that we've talked about a lot is like just write every day you know add that to your list of non-negotiables whether you have nothing on your mind or everything right and just just write and keep going over and over and over again and like keep it's almost like training a muscle you know, like I relate to her in the sense of that's my field of work is fitness and nutrition. Well, you have to continuously train those muscles if you want them. Right. To right. That's true. Yeah. You took the time. Uh, I don't want to take, I, I promised you an hour, so <laughs> <laughs> I could, I can always keep talking on these. I am so interested in so many different things, but I always like to end it off with like, if somebody came to you my age, 23 years old, and um, said, I don't want to do the typical. I want to go off. I want to do something that I'm passionate about, that I love. I want to work for myself and be successful. What would you tell them? Um, I would say to do it, but um, to definitely do what you want to do. And don't don't worry about if the path is traditional or not. But I would think like I was saying before, in terms of doing the things that are for experience and like doing like, but have try to gain some sort of uh, marketable skill, like while you're doing it, because you don't want like five, 10 years to go by and like, it looked like it, you know, you didn't really accomplish much. Mm-hmm. So you should be, and you should be honing in on what is like really um, exciting. I think like trying different things, um, going out of your comfort zone for like some job like you didn't think you would you'd ever do but like you want to give it a chance like try different things if if you if you haven't really found yet like what really excites you um yeah like I think only the only way you'll know is if you actually do those things and um yeah and even if it doesn't work out like I was saying like just say yes because you might meet somebody at that job and like you know, hey, let's start a business, you know, so like, you know, so you don't know where it's going to go. So like, I would be open to um, every possibility. But at the same time, have some, you know, logical, responsible uh, plan underneath it, like, you know, that's sort of like the foundation of it. Right. Yeah, for sure. I love that failure. Failure just gives you learning opportunities and teaches you yeah something else um awesome way to to end jason can you let everybody know like where they can find you your books your work where oh yeah at? well just come to my uh website jasonstar.com okay uh, i'm also on twitter x x i'm on x <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, instagram obviously um and uh yeah and check out if anybody uh if you want to get your mfa and you don't have you don't have to be in new york uh full-time it's a distant program check out st francis uh college sfu edu uh check out our creative masters in creative writing program and uh yeah awesome I will put all of that in the notes for everybody. If you guys are interested, 
um definitely check jason out but otherwise um jason thank you so much for talking with me um yeah everyone go check him out and i will talk to all of the listeners uh next week